I don't know what to do with my hand. Saddle up, partner. We're gonna find a home for the ugly. <laughs> you would wait till I was drinking to do that one. <laughs> I see how that goes. Yeah. It was so weird starting to watch this movie and seeing, like, the title card. A Topps Chewing Gum Production. Right? So it's the weird. only one. So weird. The right? Tops chewing that the tops had a production company where they made one movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> you want to know something even weirder? Crazy. What's up? What's that? What's weirder? It, it's now owned by a former head of Disney, but we'll get into that. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Fancy, yeah, so fancy Disney. Fancy Disney. Oh, man. So how you doing? My tummy hurts. Well, what did you eat? Everything. <laughs> oh, foul Phil. Oh, he's so foul. Man, so Phil. Wow. I don't even know. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah, we're going to get into that because he's probably the most disturbing of all of them. Do you remember? I mean, yeah, we just watched this movie, but the theme song of this movie, I was just listening to it before this podcast. Right. And I am just baffled <laughs> by the ridiculousness of the movie. I mean, the song, sure. The song. 80s to the extreme in the most ridiculous of ways. But the <sighs> lyrics are just like hilarious. I it's so I'm hilariously stupid. Right. Okay. Maybe, but okay. But be- before we yeah, go let's on get into this before first. we go on. Yes. Hello everybody. Welcome to Secret level 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 i am your host joey parr doughy joey snowy joey joe blow smoking joe cup o joe overflow joe jolton joe and tic tac joe and joining me today is billy fisher blasted billy belly billy Blended Billy, Electric Bill, Billy Up, Pit Bill, Whiz Kid William, William Penned, William Won't Tell. Fantastic. The thing is, is when you say some of these names, I remember having these cards. I know. Okay. And today, we are going to discuss, if you haven't figured it out yet from us talking about it or the title of the episode, we are talking about the classically terrible, absolutely awful, (laughs) grotesque, disgusting, just complete bullcrap of a movie. (laughs) The Garbage Pail Kids. Yes. Wow. Whoa. Okay. I haven't watched this movie since 
I don't remember the last time I watched it. It might have been like early teens, like tweens at some mm-hmm. point in there. Yes. And I haven't watched it since. And honestly, I have like little memories of it up until this point of rewatching it. Just little tidbits of things that would pop into my head when I think of the Garbage Pail Kids movie. Right. But rewatching it in Man. all its glory after all these years. Wow. Right. What was this? How did it get made? It's so terrible. I can't even I can't even believe that someone actually gave this movie a budget and and made this. It is insane. Right. Yeah. Insane. Um, that is the way to put it. Um I remember as a kid watching it and thinking it was hilarious but now i watch it and i'm like what did i think was funny about this dude first of all first of all you've got these like 30 year old guys bullying like this little kid just like making this poor kid's life a living hell i mean they're throwing him in the mud they're punching him they're throwing him they're throwing him in sewers they're leaving they, him in they sewers. try to kill him they try to kill him they left him for dead in a yes. sewer with raw zoo sewage splashing him in the face and then okay. you have, <laughs> and then you have okay we got a lot the, to say all the sewer pipes did you read uh-huh. the sewer pipes that lead yes. to certain places you've got like prime time tv is a sewer pipe <laughs> right uh, men's room, toxic waste, city zoo, and CIA are all part right. of the sewer piping system. I love that they have them labeled like that. Well, I mean, naturally, like if we ever went down into a manhole, that's exactly what we would. That's see. exactly, and it was it was actually fairly clean for a for a, a sewer, sewer. I thought. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're going to be left for dead in a sewer, I mean that would be the one. To be thrown that, down in. That, that's the one you want. That's Absolutely. the one you want. But I, yeah, I, so, I, I just love that these guys, they are so old. <laughs> and they, yeah. And it's just crazy to watch. Like, this is like, they really have nothing better to do than bully the shit out of this kid. <laughs> and my favorite part is, is that, okay, so three of them are like 30. And then the one that the love interest, Tangerine, in the movie is only 16 years old. But she looks like she's 40. (laughs) She looks like she's 40. And all three of them are mooching off of her, all the money that she can make. Right? Yeah. Okay, okay. So first, before we get into this, we've got, let's do our pleasantries, and then let's get into the craziness that... Can only be called, and the acting the was so terrible movie. on every single level, <laughs> except okay. for one. Okay, we'll go. Except for one. Pleasantries, pleasantries. Yes. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. Well, Joseph, what did you do this week? I recently went on another adventure. Yes. With my brother Ian, we went up into this canyon up in Utah called Death. Canyon. Oh, of course you did. 
seems like a great place to go, right? Right. So we find this place, and there's like four mines in that area, like these old precious metal mines, silver, gold, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So we go in and explore. And it's actually pretty cool. We're finding, we find like old gloves in there, like super old gloves, boots. Uh, I know like finding jeans in these places is supposed to be really like like finding gold, like gold, but we didn't find any jeans. We found gloves and boots. We found a boots. jean jacket. It wasn't a jean jacket. So oh. when we were outside of the mine, we were walking around and we saw it was a jumpsuit. Oh, it was a full-on jumpsuit? It was a full-on jumpsuit of a paramedic. It was a paramedic jumpsuit. Oh. And so we're looking at it, and it had this big hole, like a shotgun blast right to the side of it. Like yeah. It, it looked kind of, like, fishy. So mm-hmm. we're up there. We're like, dude, like, what if we, you know, find a dead body up here? Like, that would suck. Like, that's pretty crazy. That's naturally the next thing on your list that you guys are going to find. Dude. But... Yeah, we we did look. I mean, we went hiking all around the area. We didn't find any dead bodies, thank goodness. But nice. it was still like kind of creepy to find that thing. But uh, we went into some mines. We were like going down all these chutes and stuff. There were ladders. I didn't climb up any ladders, but my brother was climbing up ladders. Yes, he was climbing um, up old hundred-year-old ladders, and I'm like, dude, stop. And Ian's not a small guy. He's not fat. He's just super muscular, and he's always heavier than most people. And he's just going right up these ladders. And what's like he owns the place? When we first walked in the mine, it's mm-hmm. funny because it's super bright outside. So we're in there, we're outside wearing our sunglasses. And the first mine we go into, we turn on our lights, and we're like, "Man, we can't see anything. Why can't we see anything? Like, are these lights working? We'd like flash them. And like, yeah, they're working. And like." Ian's in front of me. He's, like, tripping all over the place and, like, stumbling around. Yeah. And he comes walking up to me. He's got his sunglasses. He didn't take his sunglasses off (laughs) in the mine. So it was double darkness. Why would he? It was so funny. Uh, That makes me happy. That was great. Uh, So we did that. That was fun. Uh, nothing too crazy other than finding, you know, that old paramedics jumpsuit and the gloves and stuff. But the mines were cool to explore. We didn't find any gold. We found a ton of fool's gold, mm-hmm. but, uh, n- none of the real stuff, unfortunately, because that would have been, that would have been nice. That would have been epic. And then on the entertainment front, I finished Extraordinary Attorney Woo, the first season, and I loved it so much. And if you haven't started watching it yet, you're missing out on a good show, everybody. Go see it. Go watch it. <sighs> I We started the first five minutes of it, and then Jessica realized that we have to read, and she can't work on her Geek Tyrant posts while watching it. So we have to like make designated time to watch So show. that's where, yeah. I had to make designated time because I can't watch and read. I can't write, read, and watch things at the same time. Right. I so, am yeah. multi- I I am multi I can multitask, but yeah. there's some things that just are too much for me. Everybody, that's too much. Yeah, it's I, too I much. wouldn't ask anybody to do it. Still a great show, great show, okay. and I loved how it ended. I was so happy with the ending. Made me okay. so well, happy. It just brings joy into my life. That well, show. It's on did. my list. We're gonna watch it. 
What about you, Bill? Um, What'd you do? Um, really, besides working my normal humdrum job, I got into a podcast, and cool. it's not the it's not the kind that I normally get into because I no, normally don't like dramatized podcasts. Like, okay. I don't, I don't like the ones where they're trying to. I don't know. It, they always seem really overacted. Sure. Uh, but I started listening to one called Batman Unburied. Oh, yeah. Okay. I've listened to that. I loved that thing. Yeah, it's great. It's great. I, I, so I good. stumbled upon it. Yeah, it was. I just, I, all I did was stumble upon it. I was just like, oh. And then I looked at the voice cast and I was like, Winston Duke as Bruce Wayne? Okay, I got to listen. I got to hear how he does it. <laughs> My favorite part is is that he doesn't do the normal Batman thing. Yeah. And it starts off weird. I'm not going to say anything. It starts off weird. You're not expecting the way it starts off, but then when about episode 3 things start getting their groove on. So, just listen to it. It it really um in between listening to episodes of Haunted Places, I was listening to Batman Unburied and it was Are you enjoying um, Haunted Places? Haunted Places is fun. Yeah. I'm really enjoying that right now. Cool. So that that the weird addiction of I have to listen to Haunted Places, but then I'd throw in a couple Batman episodes in between. Now, the same uh, company that does Haunted Places, <laughs> we're mm-hmm. plugging other podcasts here. We're not being paid for it. These are just podcasts right. we listen to. Anyway, uh, same company that does that does another one that I'm listening to now called Cults, and it just oh. talks about cults, like I- all the cults ever. Okay. And it's pretty insane. There's some I'm gonna have cra- to listen to it. I'll, there's some well, crazy cults up. out there, everybody. Crazy right. cults. I'm gonna catch up. I'm I gotta get caught up with haunted places and then we'll add another one in there so I can make it a weekly sure, thing. Sure, sure. You got a lot of catch up. Haunted places has like <sighs> thousands of episodes, I think. It, it does. It's a lot. It's daunting, but I'm on <laughs> I'm on track. <laughs> awesome. All right, so and then we got Garbage Pale Kids the movie. Garbage Pale Kids the movie, everybody. If you have Look, not watched this show since you were a kid, don't watch it now. <laughs> well, here's the thing. It's or you really can't, hard to find. Or you can't. We, yeah. So I found it for free on some random website. I can't even remember right. what I sent you. And that's where I watched it. And that's where Bill watched it. But yeah, it's a hard movie to find. <sighs> and you're no not, one and, wants and, to and claim I, ownership. And I don't want you to spend money to buy it. It's not Please streaming don't. anywhere. You'd have to rent it from like Apple or Amazon or something. And it's a movie you don't, unless you really get to get a group of people together to like laugh and have a good time, right? Then sure, go ahead and spend the two ninety nine to rent it. But if you're gonna watch it by yourself. Just kind of do some Googling and find it for free online somewhere. In the end, though, I mean, it's a waste of time. <laughs> it is. Okay. So I thought I thought that. I've watched it twice, and I thought it wasn't worth my you time. You watched then it I... twice? Twice. Holy crap, dude. In your life or recently? Just recently. For this episode, I watched it twice. Wow, you're crazy. <laughs> but the the whole reason being is I was... I was looking. I was thinking about quotes of the movie, and I realized one of the characters has really inspired and eloquent quotes throughout the whole movie. Sure, sure. But right. it's overshadowed 
by complete shit. Yes. It is. It's like it's like reaching into a clogged toilet full of shit and pulling out a diamond. <laughs> you don't want to do it, but you know what's in there. So you do it anyway. So yeah, we're we're going to get into that. Wow. So, uh, wow. Yeah. So just yeah. a few things, just a few things I want to point out personally before we kind of dive into this. There's yep. I just Man, okay. We talked about the kid being bullied by 30-year-old men. There's just some weird scenes in this. There's a scene where Dodger is with Tangerine and he like leans in and just like like really puts his face in her hair and smells it. When she's not paying attention, yeah. It was it was a very awkward kind of creepy scene. Super awkward. There's a, there's another moment where they're where these boys are in this collector shop where this kid's friend lives, where these garbage pail kids are from, and they're, you know, bullying him and beating the hell out of him. And the kid tries to run out of the store, and this girl grabs him. Tangerine's friend grabs him, and he, like, shoves this kid's head. It puts his, her, his head in a headlock right into her breast. Like, he's, she's, like, pushing his face Right mm-hmm. into her breasts. Mm-hmm. You're like, what? What? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, she's like 30. He's 15 at the time. Yes. He and, Tan- and the girl who played Tangerine are 15 and 16 respectively. And it's a lot of situations you wouldn't want your kid in. No, not at all. Not at all. Like, look, I collected Garbage Pail Kid cards when I was growing up. I remember right. getting 50 cents from my parents and there was this corner store by where I went to school and I'd go in there and I'd give the person 50 cents and he'd give me garbage pail kids cards. And right. I used to have a whole shoe box full of them. I don't, my mom probably threw them away at some point, but, uh, I loved the, I, I enjoyed those things. And I was, I remember being like, Oh yeah, a movie. Right. <laughs> and then, then the movie came out, and wow, wow! I don't know. The garbage pill kids, the characters are nightmare fuel. Yeah, completely terrifying. You got the nerd character who's like constantly just pissing all over the place, and yeah, I didn't remember that much pee when I. So did, but it, there was so much, so nat much, nerd. so much pee. <laughs> yep, Nat Nerd liked to pee his pants, and he thought it was cool. And the sad thing about it is, Nat Nerd is voiced by the one and only voice of Winnie the Pooh, Jim Cummings. Oh my gosh! And he oh hated this movie gosh. so much, he tries to deny that he was even. He in should. It. He should deny all the way yes. to the. All the way home, he needs to just deny it. Deny, deny, deny. Then you had Alligator. Alligator. Alligator, who had a lunchbox yeah. full of body parts. Eyeballs and toes. And fingers and stuff oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, fingers. You're just like, what? These are things I do not remember when I watched it as a kid. I have no yeah. recollection of these things until I rewatched it. There's a scene, Billy. Mm-hmm. Where Dodger mm-hmm. is taking a bath in the basement yeah. 
in yep. the middle of a basement where there in is the no plumbing or Absolutely. piping of any kind. Mm-hmm. And everyone, all of the Garbage Pell kids, are standing around him, right. watching him take a bath. Uh-huh. What? I was watching this, and my mind was just melting all over the place because it was, it was so crazy. It was such a, it was such a, what the moment? You know what I mean? That that um, produced two things. One, the sight gag of alligator trying to eat his toes. Yes. And two, Valerie vomit completely checking him out and making weird weird statements so weird all over the place man there was such so awkward it was such an awkward scene yeah and then you've got the scene in the alley where uh uh, tangerine's selling her clothes and all the girls in the alley are undressing in front of this 15 year old kid and i like they're down to bras and panties, and I'm like, mm-hmm. this is they're in a, they are in a dirty freaking alley. <laughs> yeah, behind a club. Behind a club. Yeah. This I... is insane. Look, okay, so we need to talk about this. So the original idea for the Garbage Pail Kids, it was supposed to be a horror film. Sure. Yes. John Carl John Carl Butchler, the guy who directed Friday the thirteenth, was originally gonna direct it, and the premise was the garbage pail kids would have spawned from radioactive sludge that had found its way into a garbage can filled with broken dolls, turning them into serial killers. And it might I, have been a better movie. I'll be I honest. I love that idea. It might oh, have, that probably would have been a much better film. A hundred percent. It would have been better. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then, the, the director that ended up making it, Rod okay. Amato, mm-hmm. he this obviously wasn't a passion project for him. He did. What makes you say that? <laughs> he did it for the he did it for the money, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy had been making movies in Hollywood since the 1940s. Mm-hmm. He started off doing stunts for movies like. Mighty Joe Young, you know, in 1951, he directed a movie called The Bushwhackers. Mm-hmm. And when it came to the 80s, he's looking to retire. He needed, like, one more movie to make just to kind of, like, his swan song. <laughs> something, make something and then ride off into the sunset afterwards. And he thought <laughs> the Garbage Pail Kids was going to be his ticket out his his you know he saw the popularity of it amato is the one that optioned the rights to garbage pail kids and he right. brought it to tops and this is what he said in an interview with flickery myth he said it's important that minor directors like me fill their pension fund and their health and welfare and that's kind of like why he wanted to do the movie Man, well, he also is known for saying the check cleared. It's not a picture that you think about; it's a picture you shoot. <laughs> he knew what it was. He knew exactly yeah, he knew- what it was. Yep, he just wanted that money. Uh, the star of the film, uh, Mackenzie Aston, told Mental Floss 
that this film assured that Amatu would basically enjoy the benefits of the Director's Guild for the rest of his days. Perfect. For the rest of his life. Amatu retired after the Garbage Pail Kids movie came out, mm-hmm. and he never helmed any other project before his death. So this was the last thing he ever did. Yeah. I mean, and what a way to go out. I mean, what a fantastic movie to go out on. But like you said, the check cleared. I guess that's all that really mattered. Apparently, from what I read, uh, the movie was originally supposed to go straight to TV, like straight to a TV market. Oh, okay. Which I thought was interesting. And Yeah, how would... So it no. went from TV into into what it became. Okay. So, yeah, so... The story for the film was put together by Bill Tennant. Mm-hmm. He was the guy in charge of Atlantic releasing. Okay. And they distributed the movie. Amato said, I don't know where he came up with it. He gave it to me on a sheet of paper. We made it into a screenplay, and we were shooting in 60 days from the time I walked into his office. It was a very, very low-budget picture, obviously. So the creator of the Garbage Pail Kids, Mark Newgarden, wanted to be involved with the writing process of the film. But he was told to stay away. (laughs) They did not want him involved. He explained in an interview saying, I would have loved to be involved in a Garbage Pail Kids script, but Arthur Shoren would have never permitted it the producer he -hmm. says tops didn't want us spending our valuable time on anything that might interfere with getting the next series out with these license deals it was always a case of take the money and run there was never any semblance of quality control once garbage pill kids passed to another entity that was that so he never he never touched the movie. He never had anything to do with it. He just watched he just watched us through creative team take his thing and bastardize it. Right. I mean, they were gonna try to get money on any front they could. They were trying to milk it for all it was. Yeah. But ultimately in the end, the movie killed the trading cards. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. Cause I remember they tried to come out with a couple other series, but I really didn't care at that point. Yeah, so they were they, Tops prepared a 16th series of Garbage Pail Kids cards that were set uh-huh. to be released in 1988. But the company opted not to even bother with the cost of mass printing them and sending them out. <laughs> because the movie was a giant failure. I know we keep saying that, but I mean, in the end, the movie actually remade its budget. So, I mean, it didn't fail as far as money sure. goes, but it failed... In keeping its fans. Yes. Yeah, because everybody wanted to see what they were going to do. And frankly, the Garbage Pail Kids that we got were so lackluster compared to the rest of the cards. I think that was the real letdown. Yeah. Well, not only that, but you also had... I mean, there were parents groups that were protesting Garbage Pail Kids. and Absolutely. There was a Garbage Bell Kid Saturday morning cartoon that even aired at one point. And, I mean, there were, this is just a, 
this was just a property that parents obviously weren't going to like. So they protested it and companies caved and they're just like, man, we can't, we can't give this stuff to kids. Right. We can't sell this stuff to kids. It's like selling them really bad crack with gum. Thank goodness there was no crack in it. I don't know. There might have been crack in that gum. Could be. We all bought a lot. Ah, cut my cheek. (laughs) No kidding, right? It was like razor gum. (laughs) Pink razor gum. Oh, oh, Billy, before we go any further, you got to read the synopsis. Oh, yes. We didn't even read that. Let's let's do it now. Let's do it now. All right. Real quick. I'm just going to read the first paragraph of the two. Screw it. I'm going to read the whole thing. Read it. (laughs) Okay, here we go. (laughs) Dodger. A 15-year-old kid works at an antique shop owned by the wizard, Captain Manzini. While working there, four bullies stop by and wreck the place, leaving Dodger in the sewer. He is later rescued by the Garbage Pail Kids, a group of misfit children that love to break the rules misfit and be disgusting. Misfit children. <sighs> well, I mean, I have an argument for that in a second, but we're going to call them misfit children for okay. the m- time okay. being. Okay, sounds good. They were released from a Garbage Pail owned by Manzini, and much to his chagrin, they refuse to go back. As Dodger gets to know the kids, he finds out they know how to sew clothes and uses their talents to impress Tangerine, one of the female bullies. Unfortunately, before Dodger can really hit it off with her, the kids are captured by the State Home for the Ugly, an institution that incarcerates anybody considered too ugly for society. Dodger and Manzini decide to infiltrate the prison and save the kids from being euthanized. What the... F- Dude, the state home for the ugly. The state home for the ugly. There's some highlights in the state home for the ugly. I forgot about the state home for the ugly. That's the worst place in the world. What are you talking about? And if you ever wondered what happened to Santa Claus, Gandhi, and Abraham Lincoln, they're all in the state <laughs> home all, for the ugly. They're all there. That's where they're at. Yep. But those guys aren't getting euthanized. No, they're going to kill children. They're going to kill children. Yes. But here's the thing. Did you ever catch in the intro that the garbage pail is a spaceship? Yes. So they're they're alien children? Alien children. And not only is it their group, but there's multiple groups that they're looking for. I think that would have been badass had they opened a whole bunch of garbage pails and like just nasty kids from the cards come flowing out. A garbage pail kid multiverse. <laughs> I almost spit my water on the computer. Oh my gosh. That is the Please. next big thing. Whoever owns the garbage pail kids franchise, you heard it here first, everybody. The garbage pail kids needs to have its own cinematic universe. Man, well, <laughs> it'll never did happen. You know, well, it could because former Disney chairman Michael Eisner owns the rights to the garbage pail. Oh, he. What's he doing with them these days? Well, he actually tried to make it into a movie franchise in 2007. He bought the Topps Trading Card Company with the hopes of bringing the Garbage Pail Kids back to the big screen. Then he announced in 2012 that uh, he's not going to follow through with that. Dang it. But Actually, he, I, I don't blame him. 
I don't right, know right. if we'll I, ever see anything. I don't know if we'll ever see any TV show or animated series or film ever again based on the Garbage Pail Kids. I don't think. I don't know, man. I think dude. if done right, it could be something wild and crazy. But it's like one of those movies that would have to star like Nick Cage. <laughs> like he gets lost in a world of the Garbage Pail Kids. Something like that. Right. Oh, man. Something yeah, that, I, yeah. Something other know. than what we got. And that's the thing, too, though. I don't think they're meant for the big screen. They're perfect for the cards. Perfect for the cards. I could see a... Dude, Garbage Pail Kid cards would be would make great NFTs. Right. I'm surprised those don't exist. I bet those would be huge. Oh, man, maybe I should cut that out so people don't take the idea because now we need to go get the rights and start turning out Garbage Pail Kid NFTs. Do that. <laughs> I'm learning a lot about NFTs right now. Just in I guess anyone's I get that, wondering. Yeah, that, that um, came out of nowhere, so yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, crazy. Crazy. Yeah. I don't know. I was just thinking about one scene. I just want to bring it up real, oh, real quick. Actually... It kind of leads into other things. When the Garbage Pail Kids, at one point they go into this movie theater. Yeah. And no one notices how freaking weird and jacked up these kids are. It's like they're fine with how these kids look and that they're, like, creepy looking. and There's nothing normal about them, but they're treating it as if they're completely normal people. They do this Bro. in the bar in where where alligator bites off the guy's toes. Um, you've got cops running around trying to catch them and with nets, with giant nets. Of They're course. running around with giant cartoon nets. Look, bro, did you do you remember Valerie Vomit made them perfect costumes so they could blend in with society and never be seen as ugly little kids. Yes. Yes. Trench coats, berets, and sunglasses. <laughs> that will do it every time. Here's the crazy thing, though. After yes. all this time, and they're out doing stuff, right? Right. The Garbage Pail Kids are out in the open. They are seeing people. They are interacting with people all throughout mm -hmm. the movie. Absolutely. It is not until the very end of the film at the fashion show disaster where people actually start freaking out about these kids, these, these Garbage Pail Kids. Well, yeah, because one of them's farting so crazy, it's blowing people over. One chick's got constant <laughs> snot coming out of her nose and touching everyone, and one kid just vomits. Just bleh, bleh. And I still haven't figured out why Greaser Greg is considered gross. Like, he's just a little person with slick back hair. Oh, Greaser Greg. Greaser, Greaser Greg. That guy. Yep. That guy. But yeah, I mean, in the end, they had to make up some kind of drama for this to happen. Uh, I do recall uh, Mackenzie Aston saying that in an interview I read that he called the older kids drug dealers. Sure. Obviously. So Obviously. did he get in? Yeah, right. Did he get in with drug dealers? Yeah, he totally was in with drug dealers. You think they were what selling clothes in the alley? You think they were, it was really clothes? Look, they had to be for all these people to want these clothes that so these bad. little people are making. 
They're so bad. I mean, I'm just going to randomly throw a bow tie around my neck and call it fashion. Yes. Sweet. Mackenzie yeah, Aston. No. Actually, mm-hmm. he is the younger brother of Sean Aston. Right. He tried to quit this movie. Oh, yeah, but he had already signed that contract. He already signed the contract. He didn't tell his dad anything about it till it was too late. His dad, actor John Aston, who was the original Gomez Adams. Yes. Yep. It's for all of you who didn't know who the Aston brothers' dad was. Look, dude, Mackenzie was on like this upward trajectory before he did this movie. He was in The Facts of Life. Everybody knew him from The Facts of Life. Yeah. And then he does this movie and... Nothing, nothing ever again almost seems like I don't yeah, recall him. I see him all the time like a background character, like a one-episode character like in like Grey's Anatomy or something. You'll see him pop up. Yeah. But nothing really solid uh, since The Garbage Pail Kids. He said in an interview, he said, I was a fan of the cards. I know I was more enamored with the idea of starring in a movie than focused on whether the material was worth investing. Right. Obviously. Yes. Yeah. And he talks about his father and how he didn't tell his dad about it. His dad, when his dad read the script and all that stuff, he knew it was going. It was a career-killing misfire. Mm-hmm. But McKenzie said... The contracts were signed by the time my dad had a chance to look at the script. He did everything he could to get me out of it. Like, dude, this is not a good idea, son. I know what I'm talking about. But there was nothing they could do. He had to do the film. Ugh. Ugh. I know. Crazy thing, though, Billy. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I probably would have did it, too. Oh, absolutely. It's a movie. Yep. And if you're going to get cast in a movie and it's a garbage pail kid movie and you're a kid and you're a fan of the cards, I would have yeah. did it. I would have did it. Absolutely. And, you know, here's the thing. As as bad as the movie was I, and as hard of hard as it was for Mackenzie to make the movie, imagine the little people who had to be in those giant masks. Dude. Dude, whoa. Those guys, whoa. They went right. through hell. Those those costumes were 80-pound suits. Right. Like, they were wearing 80-pound costumes, Billy. Yeah. 80 pounds. Made out of foam and latex. Their heads were loaded with radio-controlled puppetry. So that right. the lips and the eyes and all that stuff could move, and none of it operated correctly. No. Nope. They were using uh. acrylic paint, which does not <laughs> allow any kind of flexibility, so it would harden when it dried. And after he finished the heads and put them on the actors, things got even more gross for the characters because they were the they were falling apart, and they didn't have money to like re. Like, do multiple heads, so they just constantly throughout the filming of the movie when, like, the mouths would rip on the sides or something like that. Right. They just had to keep fixing those same heads all throughout the movie and patching them up and stuff like that. It, it gets weird because as you watch the movie, you notice that these heads are slowly falling apart, and there's nothing they can do about it. You could tell they're trying to patch it, but you could, just, yeah, they're just piecing apart. It's so nasty. Yeah. But... 
my favorite part is okay. So Rod uh, Amato was probably not the most PC of individuals, but he's been quoted as saying, "We got dwarves and put heads on them, and found out how long they could survive in there without breathing, and it turned out to be about five to seven minutes. So we had to rehearse everything without the heads on, put the heads on, have a paramedic with a stopwatch." The little sons of bitches go in there and you say action and you shoot until they can't breathe. It's madness. Madness. That breaks so many laws. (laughs) Let's just shoot till they pass out, everybody. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That is awful. What terrible working conditions. Right. But I mean, a lot of them, a lot of the actors said it was a job. We're getting paid, so they're going to do it. Yeah. Um, one of the actors was Arturo Gill. And he said, We had limited vision, and sometimes we would miss our final mark. At times, the production would put tape on the floor to help us follow a path so that we wouldn't bump into the furniture or other cast members. We could hardly hear the actors' dialogue as we had servos inside our heads animating the facial features of our characters. Not only were the animatronic heads difficult to wear, the servos inside the huge heads made dialogue very difficult. We literally had to scream out our lines so that (laughs) Anthony Newley and Mackenzie Aston could hear us. Our voices were muffled in the heads. Many times Rod Amato had to scream, cut, several times because we couldn't hear. Wow. there that just seems such a nightmarish situation to be right. in. What a horrible, nightmarish production this must have been. Filming a movie, even a good movie, is awkward enough because of you got cameras all over the place. You got the way they shoot it. You're just doing these quick little scenes here and there, different angles, stuff like that. It's it's already awkward and in a weird thing to be doing, right? Right. Just to add, to make it more difficult like this, just adds so much insanity to the situation. Oh, I can't even. Oh, it's so sad. So sad. Well, in the uh, so one of the more famous actors was um, Phil Fondacaro. He is an actor that you would see in Willow. He he played. Uh, Volknar in uh, Willow, like the the warrior. Yeah. He, well, he dropped af- dropped out halfway through filming and let his brother finish it up for him. He just couldn't handle it anymore. He did go on to make Willow, so that was cool. But I mean, he was just like, "No, nah, this isn't working." Good for him. He yeah, knew he I had to get out. Too. He knew it wasn't helping anything. <laughs> <laughs> My gosh, oh, man. So yeah, I mean, I'm glad everybody survived. There's no stories I looked at. There's no stories of anyone dying on set. But well, that's good to know. I'm glad yeah. no one died in the making of this movie. <laughs> they should have put that at the end credits. It. No humans died during <laughs> the making of this movie. Yep, but I do have to say the the poster was cool. Sure, posters can be cool. Trailers can yeah. be cool, but it doesn't mean you're gonna get a cool movie. Yeah, I'm just trying to look at some positives in this thing. I know. I know you I'm, are. Looking at the positive aspect of the Garbage Pail Kids movie. We all watched it at some point. We all have a certain feeling towards it. I just didn't realize it was going to make me feel this uncomfortable. 
you know, yeah. later on in life. It was really weird watching it as an adult in this day and age where a lot's changed. In like the last five years, so much has changed about what's socially acceptable and stuff like that. And so right. I'm watching this, you're just like, nothing about this is socially acceptable. I mean, this is... That's what Garbage Pail Kids is, though, right? I guess right. they hit it on the head. <laughs> they did exactly what the Garbage this Pail Kids This is the complete opposite of what society should be. We're going to make that movie. <laughs> right. And boy, did they nail that. They certainly did. It is one of the <laughs> worst-reviewed movies ever made, and it has the rare privilege to have a 0% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> We should do a show on the zero percenters. <laughs> we should. It's a great yep. idea, actually. We just started it right now. But yeah, uh, I can. I loved it as a kid, and now watching it as an adult, I don't know why. You know, I, I honestly, I don't, for me, I don't remember. I know I watched it as a kid because I have these, like, memories of it, but I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if I liked it or not. I don't remember how I felt after I watched it. I don't. Like, in, in, obviously, it didn't have that much of an impression on me because there were films that I watched earlier in life, like E.T. and uh, Return of the Jedi, which are movies that I watched very early on when I was, like, a little, little kid, and I remember those experiences. Right. But a movie like Garbage Spell Kids, obviously, it did not hit me as a cinematic masterpiece when I was, you know, five. <laughs> Right. Whatever Absolutely. whatever age I was. Uh yeah, uh some of the reviews mm-hmm. called it a stunningly inept and total reprehensible film. <laughs> it was labeled an ugly, brutal, humor humorless exploitation flick. I can uh, see that. It was also called misogynistic and morbidly curious. Whatever that means. Morbidly curious. Okay. Hmm. Well, they liked it. But here's the thing. All these bad reviews, but it took me this last time to realize they must have had a room full of idiots writing the dialogue for everybody else and then one pro writing for Captain Manzini. Dude, I don't even know what was going on with some of the dialogue. I mean, it was all over the place i don't it was just crazy it was just sitting there listening and and maybe it's just writing for who how do you write for these garbage pail kid characters right how do you write you just got to make it the most gross disgusting shocking thing that you could think of Mm -hmm. and keep the story flowing with whatever they throw into these characters mouths right I don't know. Okay, so in the end, I did see the moral of the story. I understood what they're trying to go for. Because if you look at it, the Garbage Pail Kids are considered the outcasts, the uglies, the we-don't-want-them-around kind of element in our lives. And then Tangerine, who's beautiful and is talented and is looking like she could be end up being the one. Yeah. Turns out she's a complete a-hole. And the Garbage Pail Kids are cool. You know what I mean? They're fun to hang out with. They're nice to them. They, they do anything for their friends. 
And so it's that's the moral of the story. You can't judge a book by its cover. Because, man, Tangerine was an a-hole at the end of that. Yeah, but, I, I remember one of the lines where she's like, finally comes like comes to her senses. And mm-hmm. the kid, she's like, maybe we can just be friends. Maybe we can just do fun things together. And he's like, no, thanks. I don't think you're pretty anymore. <laughs> Ouch. And that's the moral of the story right there. Yeah. Yep. If there is a moral, that is it. Yep. Solid burn. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Sure. All right. So you got anything else for this um, dumpster fire of a movie? Yeah. Uh, nice. Aston, Mackenzie Aston, just got uh-huh. the his thoughts on it mm-hmm. because he had a hard time being in this movie. As we talked about before, it was a career-killing flick to be a part right. of. And... In an interview with Slash Film, he talked about that years later saying, having this be part of your childhood is a little bit icky, but especially (laughs) as it relates to me coming from an acting family. Right. Because he, you know, Sean Austin, his dad, John Austin. Mm -hmm. um, The actor says that it haunted him for years until he got old enough to basically just stop giving a shit. So I basically just accepted the movie for what it was. Like, right. that's all you can do. So, you know, he eventually accepted it for what it was and kind of just... Whatever, it is what it is. What can you do, right? Right. What's done is done. Uh, there was a ton of Lost Garbage Pail Kids movie merchandise that was made. Really? Yes. No. They wanted to bring in extra revenue to offset the production costs of the film mm-hmm. while also serving as a promotion. Okay. So they were planning, when the Garbage Pail Kids movie was going to hit theaters, there was this mm-hmm. big thing where they were going to have this big merchandise blitz where they were going to put all kinds of Garbage Pail Kid stuff out to the public, into the market, mm-hmm. so people could buy it. But it never really happened on a large scale. So apparently there was just a lot of stuff that never got released. There's probably like a, probably like a hole in the desert next to where all the E.T. video game cartridges were buried, full of Garbage Pail Kid toys and merchandise and stuff. No, that seems to be the thing. Where did they bury the E.T. video games, guys? Uh... Yeah, we know. Let's go. Let's go bury all this stuff out there. Yeah, let's go bury it underneath the ET stuff. <laughs> yeah, let's not ever let it see the light of day. Yeah. So the movie bombed, and obviously because the movie bombed, no one was going out to buy stuff. Right. Just yeah. Sad Other day. than that, I mean, what are some quotes, Billy? You know what? Like I said, I mean, most of it's just mindless drivel. Mindless um, drivel. People just commenting on how Nat Nerd peed his pants. But then you've got these sequences where Dodger's talking to Captain Manzini and he comes up with these, you know, when he's simply just talking about a, a hand fan. And in the end of that conversation, he said, then some damn fool invented gunpowder, and a bigger damn fool split the atom. 
That's when I decided to leave mankind to its folly and retire here into a world of memories. Ah, it's... It's like, what the crap is that? Why couldn't somebody write like that for the rest of the movie? Because we needed dialogue like this to happen, Billy. (laughs) Okay, I'm excited. I don't think you're ugly, exactly. You want to suck face? (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) You want to suck face? Yep. Yes. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. I can't believe they got away with it. This this is one of those ones where the people who made it were just like, (laughs) got him. And you got these lines like, don't, that's poison. Hey, drink the red and you get dead. Man. I mean, it was pretty amazing. Oh, then of course, there's that line... You want to see a dog wanking off into a garbage pail? <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. It just hurts me. Uh, it yeah. makes no sense. I know. But there it is, folks. It was made. We did it. Yes. <sighs> so, the Garbage Pail Kids movie, everybody. We did it. Don't watch it. <laughs> or watch it. I mean, it's really up to you. If if you found that what we were talking about made you want to watch it and revisit this delightful treat. Right. That's a good way to put it. Delightful treat. Enjoy. Enjoy yourselves. Indulge nice. and enjoy. Oh, man. But thank you for listening. As always, we really appreciate it. Uh, You can always follow us. If you're not following us yet, please follow us on Facebook and Twitter, where our handle is at GT Secret Level. We are posting behind-the-scenes stuff for the films we talk about there, videos, photos, stuff like that. Nothing too crazy, just, you know keep you all interested and show you cool stuff. Stuff and, that we got to see while doing the, the research for this. Yes. And leave us reviews. Please. We love them. Leave us reviews. Leave them. us comments. Reach out. Leave uh, us suggestions. Suggestions. We are always open to suggestions. We've got some cool stuff coming up that we're, we have planned. We're really excited about talking about a few things. So thank you again for joining us. And as always, good journey. Losing is relative, my dear boy. What matters is conceding with grace. That's what I'm talking about. Or, or. Ooh, or. Rats and thunder, wind and hail, send the kids back in the pail. I don't understand. It's your basic Mary Poppins. And it's not working. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Good night.